the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckled lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. All right, folks, welcome to Racer Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Southwest Point of Sale sponsors this hour, and if you've got a small business, like a liquor store, grocery store, maybe even a larger store, you might want to go self-checkout. Get like Walmart, Home Depot, and Costco. Get into the 21st or 22nd century. I don't know where we're at. Uh, It's not that expensive. All you got to do is give them a call at 800-540-2149. They'll come out, take a look at your uh, your business, and if it fits, they'll do the switch out, and you will save a ton of money, and you'll get seven-day-a-week, 24-hour-a-day service. Jeff, Mark, and his team got over 150 years' experience with point-of-sale systems. 1-800-540-2149 or southwestpos.com. And Black Forest motorsports got a bmw mini or a uh a porsche that are the alternative to the dealer and if you want to go racing they can do that too 8066 engineer road go to blackforestautomotive.com well young lady i see you're back yes and who did you find out on the street <laughs> well today's guest i believe maybe he can tell us not, more but um i think he's moved by the sound of a GSXR. Would you go with that? <laughs> Is that a good analogy? That, that might be a good analogy. Seeing I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah, oh yeah, that well, didn't hurt. Well, I, 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 and I'll let me introduce you first. But it was funny because I think that's what drew you to the dwarf division. Um, anywho, this man has traveled the world and ended up somehow in our studio. Please welcome Brad Letha. And you know, it's so funny, Brad. You know, a lot of people are stationed in San Diego, right? And then they end up living here. Correct. You're stationed in Japan, and you ended up living here. How long were you there? Well, I, I was almost 20 years, but uh, keep in mind, I was here for nine years, too, uh, California. Okay. I was uh, five years up the road at Pendleton and four years at uh, Bridgeport, California. So you must have been a Marine. Uh, that it was. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. call. Yeah, I figured that one out. Not by my demeanor, but... No, 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 no. But, so you've traveled the world, and... Uh, so when you were in Japan, did you you probably got to see stuff that we'll never see over here? Uh, mostly models of motorcycles. It's like the Japanese and European uh, markets. Uh, they end up getting what we would like. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know why that is. Maybe due to emissions or oh, yeah. import export laws, but uh, they get the the stuff that we would like. Yeah. Uh, I seen all that. I got to work on all that. I owned a lot of that stuff. Uh, Japanese uh, they treat motorcycling. Uh, as a way of their life versus a recreational device. 
which is just the opposite of us. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. Well, isn't fuel a little expensive over there? Well, two sides of that. Yes, it is high, but it's also 100-octane fuel for the high-octane fuel. And for the people who want to save money can go on base and buy uh, fuel for stateside cost. Oh, I so, so yes and no. But if you want the performance, then you go off base and you pay six uh, six six fifty gallon for the. Oh, like California. Day. Just like California. Yeah. Well, the, the California and Japan are kind of similar in their uh, the way they the way they do things. Yeah, know? and that's a very polite yeah. way of saying. Yes, yeah, that's yes, polite yes. way of saying the socialistic. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> were gonna yeah, go they're there. They're trying to be nice, but we all know yeah. what so, you're saying. So I understand you, uh, you're here in San Diego. Are you staying? Uh, in Vista or Oceanside, currently residing, but okay. yes, that's correct. So, and I understand you have, you're open, you opened a shop. Well, here, here little... Yeah, um, let them give a little backstory. It's interesting. Yeah, little on the shop is uh, about three years before retiring in Japan, uh, I had opened my shop in Okinawa, Japan. Mm. Uh, during that time, I had a Marine that came down that wanted to work at my shop, and he was there for six months. He was an MMI uh, certified mechanic. Okay. That guy's name was Rob Cannon. Uh, and he worked for me after six months. We did everything to every kind of motorcycle. Um, we started exporting uh, TZR and NSR 252-stroke sport bikes back to America, primarily mm-hmm. just for him at that time. Uh, then after 18 months, which was his rotation, he came back to Okinawa, Japan, and worked for me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- during that time, then eventually I left that uh, shop in Japan. I just got too burned out after uh, four days a month off and, you know, dealing with the uh, direct customer interaction and rebuilding this and rebuilding that. Are uh, the Japanese a hard customer? Uh, the Japanese are very easy customers. But yeah. they have a strict work ethic. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're extremely easy customers to deal with. Well, that's yeah. great. Because there's, you know, their blinders are on all the time. So it's like if you put something on, well, put it on. You know, there's no, well, could this could happen. Oh. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, they're very easy to work with. And they're, they're not allowed to really see outside of the, the boundaries. Gotcha. You know. Do you speak Japanese? Oh, yes, I do. Can you imagine somebody with, with a Wisconsin accent <laughs> speaking Japanese? That, that, that look, yeah, that, yeah. Could they understand yeah. you? I, I, it's uh, it's it, hard to say. Yeah, according to my wife, she said I don't speak it good enough. But, you know, the, them and uh, her daughters, they speak it in the house all the time. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I, I hear it all the time. Is your wife and daughter's Japanese? Yeah, Japanese, that's yeah. correct, yeah. So they've got it down pat. Whoops. Yeah. Try, tell them to go try speaking Wisconsin. Well, oh, they, here's the thing. They lived there for six years. Uh. And I brought the, the girls back, and, of course, they're 20 and 22. So they uh, completed their last three years of high school in America, oh. in Wisconsin. Okay. And then uh, eventually we have the green cards and whatnot. But uh, yeah. they're, uh, the only thing they can't deal with is four feet of snow and 40 yeah. below. Yeah, so you know where he took them to kind of introduce them to California? Where? Disneyland. Oh, That's yeah. a smart oh, move. Oh, well, now that was a smart way to go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but, but that could be a win-lose. <laughs> what that cost you? Because yeah. it's not cheap to go to Disneyland oh, anymore. It, Disneyland, and then do we have to go back to Wisconsin? Yeah, right. Well, and that, you already had it figured out, right? Oh, I had it figured out, yeah. That, the, uh, that, that same guy that came to work at my shop uh, actually... Uh, he stayed in the Marine Corps, retired as a warrant officer, and then he bought Vista motorcycles. 
He's the third owner of that uh, motorcycle shop in 43 years. Oh, wow. It's the oldest, I believe it's the first or second oldest shop in Southern Cal. No kidding. Uh, so then he, he asked me to come out in January to just kind of... And go to work for him. No, not go to work. Just kind of see what he's got going on. Uh, see if you'd be interested. Right, and that's what I figured it was. He called, that, isn't that called selling the sizzle, not the steak? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got all the, you've got the weather, you've got yeah, the location. He invited you in January. That's well, uh, he, he cooked perfect. it well done. So yeah. <laughs> something worked, you know? Yeah, exactly. But he, so that, uh, that that worked out good. The girls liked it, of course, and I, I kind of liked it. So I came back out here and worked, uh, I think, in February and March for about four or five weeks just to see if that's really Yeah, yeah, see if you really want to get back into it again. Yeah, because I, I was just doing it. Uh, I worked for Cycle X, which is Hot Rod Honda, um, place in uh, Tomahawk, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I also worked at Harley-Davidson up there for six months. But... Only in the summer because nobody rides bikes in the winter. Right. So in the winter, I'd go back to logging. He was logging yeah, in a, a Wisconsin logger, oh yeah. winter. Did you, did you do the cutting or I the driving? Did, I did I cutting, the picking the wood up, uh, cable skidding, you name it. Wow. Uh, we, and, yeah. Yeah, well, you'll never get any of that skill out here. No. <laughs> I, but I, so that. That uh, I told him, I said, yeah, sure. So I went back to Wisconsin, and I sold my house, which... Uh, oh, my it, gosh. Yeah, we didn't get into that rude awakening uh, coming here. Of know, real estate, what he had. Well, the rule is you uh, could leave California, yeah. you yeah. just can't come back. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you'll make a bucket load of money leaving, but buy something, and I got look at a screaming deal I got in Wisconsin. Yeah. He described what he sold, it would be $2 million here. Yeah, it, yeah. it would just... So, came back to that and i was like well we're here you know it's my personality it's like you know if you got to sleep in a maytag washer box underneath an overpass <laughs> that's what we're that, gonna do that, yeah. that's what you do mm-hmm. <laughs> a yes. at, least he deals with a, at least he deals with a high-end yes, uh, yes. appliance yes. yeah none of that cheap stuff yeah. made in japan no, walmart oh, yeah. oh, terrible you're terrible david <laughs> i couldn't help myself actually, david Roy Stahl. That, oh don't do that mom <laughs> that would be china actually hey <laughs> yeah. let's take a quick break because we got a whole lot more right here on racer radio FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. The segment's brought to you by El Cajon <laughs> Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody treats you better than El Cajon Ford, whether it be new, used, he's got inventory, and his service department will work on anything and everything in your driveway. Family owned and operated, they'll treat you like family. Just go to ElcajonMotors.com. They're right there at uh, 1595 East Main Street in El Cajon. And new and used are now at the same location. Check them out. Rob. Do you like that song? Yeah, it's just Brendan's all over the place. I love it. I know. You're just such a music (laughs) buff. So we have a special guest in the house. Bradley. Brad. And we've been talking. So just so you understand, Brad, you know, for somebody that's kind of new back in town and new to the motorsports scene, we're the only ones doing motorsports for the local tracks. We kind of want to give the fans and the listeners a little bit of a base as to where you came from, you know, kind of what you've been doing. Because, you know, I, I understand you're going to be pretty in, involved at Barona Speedway. Uh, correct. Yeah. Because you probably like that, that. The sound of the jigsaw. The sound of that jigsaw. No, I thought I heard you say that. That's what you drew you, the sound of the jigsaw. Well, I, I must have just wanted to hear that. Well, you know, I 
when I was at Albuquerque, New Mexico, I uh, I drag raced my GSXR up there for three years. There was also a Sandia Motorsports Park that's uh, pretty famous up there, and they had the Legends. The oh, legend yeah. cars. I love the Legend cars. Yeah, and they had uh, they had what was called I don't know if they changed, but they had what was called XJR uh, twelve hundred and thirteen hundred engines mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. which is an engine I was very familiar with in Japan. Mm. Um, Air cooled engines. It was small oil radiators. Right, right. But, uh, so when I came out here and heard the dwarves, I was like, "What is that?" What? I've like, heard that sound that? before. Yeah, but it's not. A, it's not a XJR engine, you know. But it, it was candid in there, and the same. And so I, I asked Mark Rose, I believe I, I said, "What is that in there?" And then he goes, "A GSXR one thousand and ZX." Ten uh, R engines, which I both own brand new, uh, course, you know, and drove them forty, fifty thousand miles. You know, my old one GSXR one thousand, my old five ZX ten, and then uh, so I get digging into them a little bit, and they're uh, they're quite intriguing to me uh, because you know they're bought used uh, engines, most of them, you mm-hmm. know, and then they they just put them in a the car, they run off a uh, basically six to one power to weight ratio, mm-hmm. which is a lot of weight for a 1,000 cc engine to pull versus, or considering the bike, uh, it was made for a bike that uh, pulled a 2.1, mm-hmm. 2.2 right. pounds. So you're pulling a much more heavier weight. Much more heavier, so that obviously that's a lot more wear and tear in the engine. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I started asking around, you know, about the engines and what the rules are really that they're allowed to do and bottom ends pretty much have to stay stock and i was like oh 14,000 rpms yeah i don't know mm-hmm. about all this you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh so uh that that kind of intrigued me and i got into them uh, quite a bit with that you know so are you gonna at your shop is that what you're gonna start working on up there uh, dwarf cars well i think <laughs> <laughs> you said you had a lot of motorcycles there too, yeah right? we you got room for a car? Yeah, yeah. yeah right, roughly, we're at any given time forty to fifty motorcycles. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yes, we we have uh, one, two, three, four bays which are pretty stuffed. Then uh, <laughs> and outside we got a like a waiting area, and then we get a twenty uh, foot container with bikes in it too. No kidding! Uh, Is it just you and Rob? No, we Rob, and then uh, we have uh, an older fella named Gene. He's been doing it for about thirty years. Uh, mm-hmm. Gene likes to stay real uh, pointed, like an old CBX. Is he's got a CBX, and he's very well known around here for CBX mm-hmm. six owner rebuilding and. Uh, his old Hondas and stuff. He's he likes staying in the carburetor area. So he area. kind of stays in that lane, so to speak. Yeah, he stays in a carburetor and the right side up forks, stuff like that. Wow. Uh, Rob is a dirt bike, but kind of like me, everything that we do, uh, I'm I dibble more into the Harleys than Rob does. And then we have Mike, uh, which is a uh, uh, kind of a ranked racer up at Chuck Wall. Actually, he's out there tomorrow. He's doing the track oh. day. Uh, mm. He races a uh, ZX6 Harleys. He's like first, second, third place pretty much off. Wow. He does a lot of the suspension. Matter of fact, he's a uh, certified race tech suspension guy that wow. does suspensions for sport bikes. Yeah. And so that's handy. And then you like probably that. get a lot of military business. Actually, not that much, uh, although we do have the military contract for the bikes on base. Okay. Uh, to do the refurbishing of them, but not as much military as what you would think. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do a safety program called Driven to Dare and we would be at Pendleton and thirty second Street and Lejeune and you know, twenty nine palms and we would go teach motorcycle safety. 
and uh, there was quite a few uh, in the military that, that do ride. Yeah, there's quite a few. You know, they uh, there. If it harken back to the Japanese days a little bit, the uh, the military that comes over there to drive is totally different than the military drives here. Mm. Uh, largely, it's because you know during my time there was so many. Uh, military that got killed on motorcycles in a short amount of time. Yeah. And there's two reasons I felt. One is they were coming from a bike here. They were buying leader-sized bikes over there, and then they're driving on the left-hand side of the road oh, over there. Yeah. Uh, and it's totally crowded over there. Totally. Yeah, I know. I've seen the videos where they're, you know, where yeah. these vehicles, cars, motorcycles yeah. are all... And how they don't run over each other is beyond me. Well, you know, I drove over there for all them years, and I just got one bad accident. That was totally my fault, 100% my fault. Oh, wow. I was going way too fast for the conditions. Uh, mm. But they're, uh, So what the military did then over there is they limited it to a 400cc uh. for your first year there. Well, if you're only there three years, you're not going to spend another eight grand to get a six hundred. No, no, you're just going to drive that right. one and or ride that one, and that's the end of that. But the the MSF course uh, it was the same course, Military Safety right, Foundation. Right, 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 right. That's awesome. So it, it changed the changed people's perception on motorcycle riding. Right. So when you've worked on these engines, I mean, have I mean, have you ever done any you know work on on cars that like say go to Barona? I have not. Okay. I, I've, I did uh, minor teching on the Wasota cars mm-hmm. at uh, the track in Tomwalk, Wisconsin. Okay. But as far as the, the engine goes and the cars, I'm very familiar because uh, I was born and raised with those cars. I understand the wheelbases and right. the ride heights and the panard bars and their transmissions. And I hung up with the B mods, which is the sport mods here in the right. class right. Uh, quite a bit. So I understand their valve trains. Right. Have you been out to the track? Have you watched this run? At uh, Barona? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I came out there. Actually, I only missed two or three races okay. this year. I was a, a fan. and then, uh, when Did you I, see the Speed Demon? Yeah, I think yeah, you saw a crash of mine. I seen a crash of yours, mm-hmm. and then I seen the interview where she was yes. promo- she was promoting her full uh, containment full seats. Containment yeah, seat. that crash came up quite a few times at the banquet last week. I yes, think the did. the fire crew even said, "I can't believe you got out under your own power." And then you mm. said, "Yeah, you just kept talking about your full containment seat." I said, "Because <laughs> yeah, I was seeing stars." Yeah, that uh, I believe it was a dirt dude that was interviewing yes. you, and I I was kind of real close to the. Uh, the flag stand there when that interview yeah. happened, but I remember the accident. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, and I have <laughs> to. I have to say, have you ever seen a Honda monkey? A Honda monkey? Oh, yes, of the course. Little, yeah. The little guy. Yeah, little fifty cc. So yeah. uh, actually, mine's uh, one fifty. I think. It is. What? Oh, yeah, okay. I, got, I got the big one. So I had it all painted up, and I painted her race car on the airbox. Oh, pretty cool. I had it air. air I'll show it to you. At break. So she crashes. She goes, it's your fault. Don't come back. I go. I mean, I didn't say it quite like that. I, I think I was a little more graceful. Like mm. my crew, you know, I put it on. Yeah, he always puts it on his car crew, crew which is her mom and dad. If you should that. come back. <laughs> so I've I, since so forgiven. I, so I didn't come back. Apologize. And then she crashed again. No. Brad, the first thing I told you in the green room, be careful what you tell Dave. Oh, this is one of the things I never terrible. should have said. Yes. I'm not going to mention anything about the moon. <laughs> so you don't, Brad, you don't have to I know. I already told him. You don't have to. Oh, you already told him about the moon? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was kind of the example. But 
Uh, hey, if you're not having fun, while you're on your phone, I, I was going to say I was on my phone because I wanted to find something specifically. And I tell the listener or our guests, I don't like I'm not stalking you, but I often look through things. And uh, on some of your posts, it led me to believe you you get emotionally attached to some of your motorcycles. Would you would you oh, say please. you, you uh, have? Oh, now he's I, listeners. Brad is distracted by the cute monkey. monkey. Yes, uh, would I, you say you have some? I get extremely emotionally attached to them. Yeah. I, I mean, I and I don't care what it is, because I've owned two fifties, I've owned eleven hundreds, I've uh, everything in the middle, a lot of four hundreds. I get so emotionally attached to them. Like in Japan, they came in the house with me. Uh, I'm guilty. I'm yeah. guilty. I'm. And the wife's sure. okay with that. Well, yeah, she rides too. Yeah, so. you said you don't. Yeah, ah, see. yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah, I get really okay. emotionally attached to them. Yeah. They, so you they, don't sell them very easily. No, they, <laughs> they, they get names and. Uh, oh, they, even they, Nick, they, can you give us one name, uh, an yeah, example? Yeah, it's it's one that I just named my '93 GSXR 1100, but I had to change it because I'm I understand the concept of this particular car, but I just don't like this. Period in time, but I named it Tesla. Ah, and and I started thinking myself, why would I name a GSX eleven hundred? I'm asking myself this right now. Tesla. Why, please? Well, well, I named it Tesla because each one of my bikes uh, that name comes off a song or a band. Oh, okay. And I like the Tesla from the nineties, the band. Oh, wow! Well, you, got, pro- you need to yeah. explain and, and, that. Yeah, up and front. Brandon can appreciate yeah. that because these yes. two guys are are yeah. music. Oh, I, I fanatics. Love big music too. But wow. you name a song from the sixties, eighties. I. I'll tell you what I was doing, where I was, and the band, and what they look like, and their hairstyles. And- well, her Steve has a band called Sprung Monkey, mm-hmm. and if you ever get a chance, and I I didn't know anything about them really, except that she loves them, and, and Brendan will throw a song up every once in a while. So at KUSI TV, uh, Tommy Sablon, who does all the promos and or gets guests in, so I you know I would just say, hey man, you need to get Sprung Monkey on KUSI. He goes. Ooh, they're an international band. I don't know if we can get them on. Steve <laughs> came in to help promote Didi when we had buy yeah. a beer for Didi, and yeah. Jason was the one that came out. Oh my gosh, Sprung Steve, Monkey! Sprung Monkey. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, I know. So <laughs> it's it's really crazy. Okay, just so you'll know, the next segment because we try to support as many tracks as we can will be Paris Auto Speedway. Have you been up to that one yet? Uh, yes, I. I <laughs> I've been up there uh, every time they ran. Actually, we talked for, about the food already. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I, I've studied their how they prepare their track and the situation they're going through. Okay, yeah, oh, I, good. I, I eat their food to see how their concessions are because they that might lead that may be a segue into what I want to talk about: vanishing tracks. Oh, see, that's what that's what Earnhardt Jr. was doing. He had yeah. that whole series on vanishing mm-hmm. tracks. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I, you know, I'm like from Wisconsin where it, it is tracks and I mean it's yeah. like, there's literally a hundred tracks in that state and there's uh there's three tracks within an hour of my house and they all survive and they all have the same class of cars and, oh. and they they all and you wonder how they survive. Well all their tracks are prepared relatively the same. It's mm-hmm. nice red clay and right. so you're like, What's that draw that brings people in? Yeah. Well, the fair, firm, and consistent teching is one of them. Uh, the classes they run up there with soda and IMSA. Mm-hmm. The other thing that they do is concessions. It, it's almost a, like I was telling you, it's almost a dining out experience at these tracks. Uh. Blooming onions, death by chocolate, uh, 
the food is just off the chart. Off yeah. the charts. And why does it always taste better at a racetrack? Well, because a little bit of dirt. Yeah, a little bit dirt. of grease, a little bit of, little bit of oil. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Then we're going to bring Scott Delosio, who's the announcer at Paris Auto Speedway. And he was at uh, Ventura last night for Turkey Night. So we're going to get a rundown on that right here on Racer Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. The segment is brought to you by Paris Auto Speedway. Man, I tell you what, you got to take get out there, get get the schedule. ParisAutoSpeedway.com when it comes out, just go to the website and start marking the 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 races that you want to see. I'd give you a list, but then Scott wouldn't be able to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott was at uh, Ventura last night. How was the weather there, my friend? You know, it was uh was really nice in the press box. Uh <laughs> I walked out at the end of the night, and it seemed, you know, it was a lot warmer in the day than it's been up there for, yeah. uh, you know, ever since the Turkey Night Grand Prix went back up there. And it seemed pretty nice. I knew it was cold the night before, and the buddy who rode up there with me, Steve Aldis, one of our track officials from Paris, I saw him, and he's standing there freezing. It's like mm-hmm. I took 10 steps outside. It was pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was no wind, so that helps a whole lot. It was windy the night before, which mm. not only affects the people in the grandstands, also affects the racetrack quite a bit as well. So that part was working well, and uh, a huge crowd showed up. It was great racing and surprise late in the day. Unfortunately, they didn't get to announce it till yesterday afternoon. Kyle Larson showed up. Oh! Now you just ruined oh, Brittany's Oh, because I was looking at all these other drivers. I was excited. I see Brody Roa and Jake yeah. Swanson was, and AJ Bender yeah. and Grant. And, uh, Kyle! Yeah, but he didn't. Did he race or did he just show up? It doesn't up? even matter. No, he raced. He oh! started uh, 22nd in the main event, came all the way to finish second. The deal was... Oh. You know, as of late Thursday, he had not planned on being there. And he called his owner, Chad Boat, Thursday night and said, uh, can you get a car ready for me? Chad Boat comes out with several cars. (laughs) And he told him he could do it, but they couldn't even confirm at that time, according to Kyle Larson, that he was actually going to make it because his wife is due. Oh, Oh, that's a double whammy. He He flew in for the race, started 22nd, finished 2nd. Put on a show. I mean, he, he had some breaks getting up there, like a lot of guys, because there was a lot of crashing. Three guys oh. actually crashed out while they had comfortable leads in the race. Oh, and gosh. the win went to Justin Grant, uh, Northern California guy. Well, that's what I want to know. Who beat Kyle? Yeah. Justin. Now that's one you write wow. on the side of your trophy. You remind people of that for decades. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely a. Uh, that's a definitely a wow. cocktail party. Uh, oh, by the way. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. How did... Uh, well, go ahead. Did you see the pictures of the stands? They're they full. were packed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, are still, uh, I'll say, a butt hurt that Turkey Night is no longer on Thanksgiving night. But there's a reason for that. Yeah, it's yeah, the packed yeah. grandstands. You know, people, not everybody can up and get away to go to a race on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's the people who want to get up away from their family. Year after 80 years, they decided to move it to Saturday night, and it's worked great with the 
the two biggest crowds they've ever had at Ventura for Turkey Night. See, and I was I was just going to say yeah. this had to be a win win because the the attendance had to be huge. And I got to tell you, driving up from San Diego, that's a that's a haul. Not that everybody up there was from San Diego, but I think it was a smart move putting it on Saturday. Yeah, Sextons, I think, were yeah. there. You know, it's obviously by the way the crowds have shown up, and if there would have been more people there, you know, if they had announced that Kyle Lars was, if they could have announced <laughs> oh Kyle Lars was going to that would have put more people in the place. So it turned out great for the promoter, and I mean, you know, that's a huge thing. He closed his season for the second year in a row with a massive crowd, which sends you nice into winter Yay. if you're a race promoter. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. without a shadow of a doubt. Wow. that And so I'm sure the racing was wild, hot, and heavy. Yeah, the racing was really good. A kid from Oklahoma led every lap of the sprint car main event. Wow. And like I said, in the midget main event, there were three guys out front who – were comfortably out front and they tossed it away and flipped or oh. one guy counted Macintosh, clipped the cushion, flew through the air. Um, it was like, uh, I was announcing with Chet Christner out of Las Vegas and he was saying late in the race after the third guy crashed, Carson Macedo, he goes, I don't know if I'd want to be in the lead late in this race. <laughs> out front is crashing. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that people that were, you know, second now all of a sudden they're first are probably having second thoughts for yeah. at least a minute or two. Yeah, it was really good. You know, Justin Grant got in a huge battle with a guy named Tanner Thorson. Late in the race, it was how they didn't wreck each other. You know, they raced each other clean, but they raced each other extremely hard, wow. which made a great show for the fans. And, uh, you know, Tanner Thorson eventually spun uh, with a few laps to go. But that was that was the best racing of the whole night, watching those two guys throw slide jobs back and forth for the lead. That looks and like for Alan. the win in that race. I mean, the Turkey Night Grand Prix, America's third longest, oldest race, was 81st edition. You know, Parnelli Jones has won it, A.J. Foyt, Tony Stewart, Kyle Larson. So there's a lot of prestige to go along with it. Wow. How'd our boy Swanson do? Jake Swanson. Do um. We know? I don't know where he off the top of my head in the midget main event. Don't know where he finished. Okay. Um, sprint cars. He was headed for the win in his qualifier or his B main, which would have set him straight in the main event. And he got tangled up with the lapper, mm. but USAC decided to give him a provisional to that main event because mm. it wasn't his fault that he got knocked right. out of that race. Right, 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 right. Awesome. All right. Our Indiana boy. Yes. <laughs> All right, so are we done for this season now? It it. I think it, we it, are. It, it, well, right? do you have anything coming? No, you don't have anything coming up at Paris, do you? Not till March. No, no, no. We're. I don't think there's any dirt tracks going in California now through the end of the year. Hmm. Um, there's some motorcycle races and cart races. I'm not sure where they're at. I know we have nothing going at Paris. Right. Ventura's done, and Bakersfield's done. Kern County's done. So pretty much short track racing is done until probably late January. Now it's time to just tell yourself your work on your car and be ready, but we'll all wait for the last week. <laughs> my tires and some of my panels are off. Oh, did you take them off? Did you take them off? I always take and clean off my tires oh, by, within 24 hours. But you haven't put it back since? No need to, but they're cleaned. They're yeah. off and cleaned. Plus you still go out and look. Yeah, I go and talk to her. Tell her what a good girl she is. Yeah. All right. So what are you going to do for the... Yeah, what are you doing Yeah, what are you going to do? No, I'll be busy. I'm still 
you know, I still got a bunch of press releases I got to wrap up for this year. I've yeah. got uh, some stuff to do for Braden Chiaramonte at Portfolio to write. So it doesn't it doesn't oh. really stop for me. And, you know, Chiaramonte's headed to uh, the Tulsa shootout, which is yeah. for the Chili Bowl. So we'll start with press release for him, and then Chili Bowl, we're doing some for Brody right after that. Nice. So pretty much busy. It'll be nice not be nice for the next few months staying home on Saturday night, so I like that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you you need a break. Rest. Yeah, but anybody wants to call and have me come call a race, uh, give me a holler. I'll be there. Yeah, All right. or or if, it out there. or if they're looking for somebody that will, you know, do the PR for them. Yeah. 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 All right. My number's out there. Just give me a holler. By the way, we have a, a special guest in the house. You can pull your mic around in case you want to say something. And he's been everywhere, but his name's Brad. And so I asked him. He was in Wisconsin and Japan. And New Mexico and a few other places. So, uh, where? Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> oh, I, I can talk about Alaska. I was just there. Yeah. So, and I was telling him, I said, hey, man, you ever been to Paris Auto Speedway? He says, oh, yeah. I says, well, we're going to have the announcer on. He goes, oh. man, he is really a good yes. announcer. He did say that. So, that is from somebody outside your arena. So, there's a nice little compliment. You probably don't care whether you get it or not, but I thought I'd throw it at you. He did say it, though. He must be deaf. Ah! No, 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 no. No, no, you... you Occasionally, you announce, well, we'll keep the politics out of this. We'll just do race. And then, they, <laughs> yeah, well, that's something we got to do. Yeah, I know. Hey, he knows you well. Like yeah, to say, know well. People aren't there to hear about politics. Yeah, I know. So, check crap, so, 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 that out. So, that out of the way. So, check this out because he was talking about the tracks back in uh, Wisconsin and what really keeps these tracks going. And what was that? The, the three things? Uh, the three things uh, that I noticed, because there's so many tracks so close to each other and all the same class, really in the same class of cars, uh, is fair, firm, and consistent teching, uh, concessions, and uh, the... Did you bring uh, up the playground or something? Uh, yes, the uh, playgrounds for kids. They all have like little rubber, uh, rubber chewed up tires, and these little fence off areas where the kids can stay entertained while the family's watching the races. And we saw that in Indiana too, the little playground. I'd never seen that do we have before. A, do you guys have a playground at, at Paris? You know, he looked into it a couple of years ago, and I, that was, I say a couple of years ago, it was probably like 10 or 12 years ago. <laughs> and something to do with the insurance. Yeah, um, in California. Blocked it off. Yeah, well, you are in California. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of different racetracks as well. I know a few of the Arizona tracks have had it. You know, you see it, and that's a great idea. I mean, they do it at places like Dodger Stadium now. So, oh. you know, it'd be nice to have it at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. you said so much. Last time we looked. An insurance deal blocked it. Yeah, of course. He said that there's someone monitoring. Yeah, they have like I don't know if it's a volunteer adult or not, but they stay there as kind of like a chaperone to watch over the kids. Yeah, That's but the insurance companies in California don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. No, they just want your money. No. And speaking of that, any updates <laughs> on uh, the water water district? You know, I haven't heard that much. I haven't talked to Don that much. Okay, since, uh, two weeks ago, I know he had a meeting. Um, with a couple, well, the state senator, I kind of flew down from Sacramento along with a couple county supervisors, and they were all keen to push um, our illustrious governor to, you know, step into this deal and end it now, you know, before it goes to court. Right. Like we keep telling people, not, yeah, got a quote, the racetrack is not being shut down. Yeah. Well, people that's. Think the race, people yeah. think the project is coming through the racetrack. That is wrong. It's coming where the motocross used to be on the track. I got a dog fight going on my lap. Hold on. Stop, you guys. 
Um, <laughs> on your they're, lap? Uh, they're going while well, they're playing. They're pugs. They're going through where the uh, uh, motocross track was. So the racetrack's fine. Oh, the I see. The fairgrounds is okay. fine. Um, but it's just, you know, it's they're going to inconvenience the business so much. And when you do that, you have to compensate. That's yeah. basically a law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the state of California tried to get the lawsuit thrown out three times in each or actually four times now, and all four times the judge ruled in favor of the racetrack saying we're not throwing this out. So okay. that basically means that, you know, they, they're wrong. They're wrong. They are not trying to compensate. Right, right. So, right. you know, he's hopefully, I mean, the hope is that for Don and the other uh, people who are on the claim with him, who have filed a claim, the joint uh, mm-hmm. trio, they don't want to go to court. They no. want this thing. They want this thing settled without yeah. going to court. And they have filed papers. I mean, it's in court, right? But they want a file uh, settled before it goes to trial, right? All right. Well, keep us up to date on that. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving day, and uh, we appreciate you always calling in and filling us in. And man, Corey must be just thrilled to death with last night and. Looks like it was just a, a good time had by all. So when do you think the schedule will be out for Paris? I'm not sure. You know, last year it was out a little bit later than normal. Yeah. Like it was, uh, didn't get out till early January last year. Right. And, you know, he's been dealing with all this stuff. But sure. a lot of stuff's been put on the back burner this year just because he's been dealing with uh, this garbage going on with the state. Right, so right. I'd like to see it, you know, tomorrow morning when I wake up. I think it's going to be a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Well, I know somebody that can keep us abreast, so we'll talk to you next Sunday. Sounds great. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. This is Racer Radio. One more segment. One more segment. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Racer That's a Radio. Good one. Is that a sprung monkey? Yes, a good one. Sprung monkey. Sprung monkey. What a name for a band. You got too much energy. I used to play this in the classroom when I would teach math. And you know what's funny? When she comes in, she's dragging in. She comes in. I don't know how much longer I can stay. And this is what I end up with at the end of the day. All right. This segment is brought to you by... What was it coming up? Brought to you by... Oh, Certified Car Clinic, yeah. 11370 North Woodside Avenue. Not only will they work on your car, but they'll throw it on a dyno and show you what they did. So check them out at CertifiedCarCare.net, CertifiedCarCare.net. Oh, thank you, Brendan. I really <laughs> like that song. You didn't ask why I would play it for math. Why? Because it's called No Solution, and sometimes math problems have no solution. None of them Which do. Which is why I don't like math. Me anyway, too. Do you have another sponsor? I think I interrupted. No. Algebra. Sorry. Never made any sense. Oh, yeah. it's so easy to solve for X or no, Y. A equals, oh. No, A equals 1, no. B equals 2. Why do you need A and B? Oh, my goodness. Throw them out. To build bridges no. that will Teach, stay up. Teacher couldn't explain it, so I quit. Oh, okay. All right. Who's your special guest? Brad Letha. Okay. Not Letha. Letha. No. Great. So we had a little bit of a, a, a story we want to tell. Uh, Brad had worked on on uh, Robert Peters' engine, and it had a problem. Okay. So we just want to set the record straight that he's talked to Robert, and what Robert needs to do is bring the engine back to Brad. Brad will tear it down. Brad will then look at it and find out what the failure is and then make a decision from there. 
And, and that's the only way you can run a shop with that type of mentality. Don't you agree? Uh, yes, that's correct. And, you know, and kind of going with my personality, I don't overreact to anything. Yeah. <laughs> Racers do. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Racers do. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, you know, half, close to half my adult life was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So you know I mean, better. Yeah. Oh, you I, can't yell at a DI? No, no. I mean, but I. <laughs> You know, and most of it was like I'm an arm uh, jump master, and you know I was an instructor up in Mount. So any reaction to something, if it's an overreaction, somebody dies. Yeah, I was going to say somebody that's dies. Just, that's just all there is to it. So I've learned to just back off, wait for cooler heads to prevail, right? Right, and then analyze things, and then you know wait till everybody's on the same sheet of music. And with that in <laughs> mind, right? Uh, with that being said, yes, I've extended out uh, to Robert. Uh, just recently, or actually before coming here, and uh, I uh, I waited till you know we both kind of cooled down, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, bring it over, and we'll analyze it, and we'll do a fair assessment." Because you want to know what what the problem is just as much as he does, I'm sure. Well, what, if you're a true it, technician, yes, correct. And you know, we we do one to two to three uh, on this particular thing, valve clearance uh, adjustments. We do it one to two to three every month. A matter of fact, I just did an R6 uh, two days ago. Right. That is out, out at Chuck Waller right now uh, just for the same procedure. Yeah. You know. So, and, and you and I talked when we came upstairs that I used to be a service manager. And you have to let cooler heads prevail. You have to. Because every customer, a couple things that they do. One, when you have their bike or car, in their mind, that's the only car you got and the only bike Absolutely. they got. Absolutely. And why isn't it done? <laughs> Why isn't it done? Why isn't it done? And a lot of times they won't complain about price if it gives them what they're looking for. But the biggest thing is communication, communication, communication. So I chatted with, with Brad, and he told me he just talked to Robert. So for all you, you know, dwarfers out there, that's the one to start calling you guys dwarfers. dwarfers. Oh, oh my gosh, is that dwarfers! Not good? You're going to call me a Chihuahua. Now you said to, you said to call like, you a Chihuahua. I did not that, ask you that, or tell you to call me a Chihuahua. That, that's cannon fodder for the Beamon guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. what that is. That that is so true. <laughs> so we're going to take. You know, is he going to bring it out next week? I, I don't know, actually, because I went up to the green room here then. Oh, that's right. We locked that, him in, put the chains on him, and we were allowed to do it. So, so. I'm excited for next season. Are you not? Because you seem to love to go out and, and watch these races. Yeah, I, you know, I like all the classes of racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, You're allowed uh, to have favorites, Brad. Well, you know, not in. I, I You're generally, allowed. Well, Brad. each one's different. It's <laughs> yeah, the, each, each class different. is different. You know, you know, it's. You got to come in sometime when we bring the kids in. Mm. OMG. Oh, have you seen them out there in the pits? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah they're, they're awesome. Yeah, they're, they're a hoot. They're, uh, you know, the tracks, I came from Wisconsin. I was heavily involved in the 600 wing sprints. Uh-huh. I did a lot of uh, top-end work on those. But the kids had the 300s in Wisconsin. 300s are winged, and the engine's on left-hand side. Right. And they're about 21 horsepower, so a little bit more than the Brown engines. Mm-hmm. They're very fast, but, man, you talk about getting emotionally involved, these <laughs> kids. I mean, not, not, it's like. You know, they bump each other. Hey, what are you doing? You know, and they'll like show a fist to each other, but then they're playing in a playground yes. five minutes That's, later. Five yes. minutes later. And the <laughs> and mothers and fathers are going, fighting. they're still they're fighting. They're still fighting. Right. Yeah. And the kids are back yeah. playing. That's yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very yeah. emotional, yeah. you know. Well, we work really, 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 really hard to help with that track stay where it's at. Mm-hmm. Because especially in California, you oh, lose yeah. a track, 
you're never getting it back. Since you've been back and forth to San Diego, you know about Cajon Speedway. Oh, yes. And here's a track. Once it was gone, it's still a dirt lot. You know, there was a uh, a good example that uh, four years as Northern California was a racetrack that was uh, NASCAR sanctioned in the 90s. It was called uh, Silver State Race. Yes. You remember, you I'm from Vallejo, so I know the... Yeah, you know that track. Yeah. It was a, it was a quarter mile, but it was high bank yeah. pavement. Yeah. It was very professional around Steve Portengay ran out there, who later went to Southwest Touring right. Series. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if Kevin Harvick ran there, not during well. my time, but... Yeah. When I started going there in 1990, I watched these houses about two, three miles out in the distance. You could see the handwriting on the wall. They started building them, and then they started doing the petition. It's Uh, too noisy, you know. They shut the track down, and it had been there for 40, 50 years. And what's there today? It's like a dust bowl. Yeah. There's nothing Nothing. there. Nothing there. So they never continued to build. Never continued to build. They just wanted to get rid of the racetrack. Get rid of that track. We call them the fun police in my household. Oh, yeah. the fun police. The fun yeah, police. fun yeah. police. Yeah. yeah, but you know, so we, like I said, we work really hard. You know, we try to get as many, you know, we try to get people engaged in Barona and Cocopa and Paris Auto Speedway in Ventura. We try to get them engaged so that it, it will make them go out and watch the races because they hear Brittany talking all the time. And they want to go out and see her race because they've been hearing her on radio. Of course, puts no pressure on her whatsoever. None, None whatsoever. Yeah. No. Did you win? N- no. No, but I no. had a good containment seat. Yeah. <laughs> she got a trophy. She got a trophy <laughs> the other night. She got a trophy. So we put it right in the middle of the table. Mom took it home. Well, of course she did. She's going to make a shrine out of it, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, um, did you have more you wanted to say? Nope. The rest is yours. I'm well, leaving. One of my no, one of my favorite stories in the green room, if you wouldn't mind, if it's not too embarrassing, go, go is expanding ahead. on the assembly line in Japan. Uh, okay, <laughs> standing on the assembly line. Expand on the story. Oh. He knows oh. what I'm talking about. Okay, when I when I left my shop in Okinawa, Japan, I had uh, I was up there during vacation when not a mainland Japan touring to Ming, but I. Uh, I, I went over to Kawasaki. Uh, I, my intention was I wanted to work at Kawasaki oh, at the factory. Sure. I, you know, I ended up doing uh, custom motorcycles, putting Evo and shovel heads and custom frames and uh, gas tanks and whatnot for 18 months. But anyways, I was uh, – Jap- Japanese are very, very strict in their protocol. I mean, they have no room for play. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever the boss or the book says, that's what happens. Oh, so yeah, no deviation. No deviation. So you're standing in these assembly lines with all the proper uniform on, and then uh, you get a station assigned to you to do whatever it is, but there's tools on this station to, like, put forks up inside the triple trees, what I was doing. Okay, as the motorcycle slowly comes moving by, if you grab the wrong tool at the wrong time, the whole assembly line shuts down, all the way from the guy putting the gas in the tank to the guy building the engines, the guy putting the the stickers on the gas tank, and you're like, okay, who picked up the wrong tool? Who did it, Brad? Guess who? who? Well, that was me. (laughs) I I shut that assembly line down too many times. So, so needless to say, you're not working for Kawasaki. No, not not in Japan. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank that. you for coming in. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we okay. have. 
We'll send you a copy of it. You can share it with the family so they can laugh at you some more. And uh, we'll see you out of Barona. All right. Sounds great. All right. We're going to take, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go do Gun Owners Radio, and you're going to go take some more panels off. Yes. And look for another dog. Already found one. And what's his name? Mikey. Oh. It's already been named? Well, it has a name. I might change it. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Brandon, thank you very much. Thanks, Brandon. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.